Hello and welcome to the Freeman Food Podcast, the podcast where three friends who all discover food have their say on the Premier League. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we are stacked. Ooh. The ever present coach, Koja Minus One. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. What are you saying? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Um, Arsenal winning, so it is what it is. <laughs> Mr. Darren T joins us again. How are you doing, man? I am well, thank you once again. Thank you for having me. It's always an honour and it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure because you always come on when Tottenham win. So that, that's why it's always a pleasure. Don't do this, bro. Don't do this. Because in May, yeah, I'm I'm going to get a flogging, right? <laughs> so, like, don't do that. <laughs> uh, you, you said it. There's not, it's nothing to do with us. You, you, said, you may have said it on our podcast, but you said it. So it is, it is what it is. Uh, Daps, how you doing, sir? Welcome. Thank you for uh, having me back on. How am I doing? Not not as good as last time. I think last time you had me on, we were like probably about 15 or 16 games into a winning streak. Mm. And then our good friends in the top right corner decided to put that to an end. So I'm I'm here. I'm here. All good things must come to an end, man. <laughs> Should they? <laughs> really? Win forever. Tell Steven Gerrard that at the moment. Scotland, bro. It's Scotland. Yeah. It's what it is. <laughs> no, I'm like, you know what? It feels better because we're still 11 points clear, but there still you go, wounded. Ty, how are you doing? First time. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. A pleasure to have me on. Thank you so much, Cahill. Um, Quadro as well. Obviously, I've been on multiple podcasts with him. Um, so I think the timing's perfect. I'm going to just say that he knows why because I've got a, a great a great guest over here in my fellow yeah. and, Uz, and your and our boy Usman's really coming to come and tell here me about he out time. yeah yeah here we go here we go <laughs> but no honestly guys now nah, it's a pleasure to have me on um everyone that's supporting right now thank you so much Freeman for get liking and subscribing to their channel man good people absolutely thank you very much Marshall FC it always always comes alive when he plays well it's rare but it, it, it happens so it is what it is ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just remembered I've got an ally with me on this this fight against the ridiculous debate of Marshall that all of a sudden one good performance and everything's fine apparently. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's gonna be a great pod. <laughs> yeah, here we go. We shall save that debate for later. We shall start in North London. I guess we'll get this out the way. Arsenal one, Burnley one. Mm. Handball, let's, let's get a show of hands. Handball, yes or no? What Peter? Wait, hand, what hands for yes or hands for no? Hand for yes. Wow, Peters. you got Spurs, man. What a Peters, the Peters one. Yeah, that was a handball. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was a certified handball. Was clear handball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hand yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Didn't mean anything, and you didn't get it, and I'm happy. But it was a clear handball. Yeah. <laughs> So let's start there, I guess. What's, what's going on with the referees? It's, it's constantly, we're, we're talking about the referees on this podcast. I guess everybody talks about these referees, how bad they are. But it can't keep getting worse and worse, can it, man? I mean, I mean it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I just don't referee, know what to say. Referee in this country has been a joke way before VAR. And now with VAR, with the addition of video assistance, they still can't get it right. That's a handball all day long, for me anyway. Stone Cold Hamble. Um, honestly, don't know what else to say at this point. What else can we say that hasn't been said about the referee in this country? Um, I don't know whether it's referees stick helping their guys on the pitch by sticking by the decision, even if they think it's correct or incorrect. I, I don't know. It's just at this point, 
I've run out of words. The adjectives are not there anymore to describe these men because they're just not good at their job. And anytime they get called out for it, someone like, um, you know, uh, Spirito Santo coming to his chest and rightfully calling out something that was a poor decision, he gets he gets criticised for it and he gets punished for it. You can't win. Um, and referees, I know we had this, this, this uh, discussion before about whether they should come out and talk or whether they should come out and discuss... Um, Pretty much let us know why they came to the decision they run. End of the game, it won't really matter. But I was saying that maybe it's a good idea, just in case people don't really understand why they came to that decision. If it's a close one, but for something like that, truth be told, if I was an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't want to hear from the ref because anything he says is going to make me more and more mad. That's a certified handball all day long. Yeah, it's yeah. cost them a, con- a potential penalty, which could have led to a goal. Never know would have would they have been saved? Would they have been scored? We don't know. But end of the day. That's a goal scoring opportunity that's been denied by them from the penalty spot. So it's a disgrace. What more, what more can we add to that? I mean, I mean, Ty, you said it wasn't a penalty. So what's going on there? Um, for me, I, I I think the question. Oh, is there is there feedback? Was it all right? Yeah. Okay. No, you're good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Um, I think the problem is one with the refs is that now with VAR, the power for them has kind of been taken away that they're now unsure. Oh, big up Claudio. Thank you for supporting all the time, man. Um, that the, the power now has been taken away from the rest. And now with these sort of calls, I feel like they're scared to make them now. So now we're seeing more scared decisions every week. And now they're leaving it to VAR who are then, I feel not even sure of themselves of what the decision is. And the fact that they keep changing the rule, for example, this is just a bit of a different example, but um, going to Wednesday last week, Fulham had a goal disallowed for a handball. Davidson Sanchez smacks the ball against Josh Mayer. He, he hits it into the back of the net. Was that a handball? No way. That should have been a goal given. But then the day later, they changed the rule. And the thing is, for example, if Fulham go down at the end of the season by a point, which I hope they don't, people will go back to that incident because that was a fair goal that should have been stood. With the penalty, this is... I was having this debate at work and I think what it is, is that handball to us, but handball to the rules are two different things. And this is where the problem is. There's a handball for the version of the rule and there's a handball where Aslock could just say, do you know what, is this a handball? Yes or no? For me, it wasn't a handball because he's just trying to jockey and his hand goes out there. But according to the rule, it's handball. And this is where the confusion will carry on going until they sort the confusion out. Mm. So for me, not a penalty. Um, but that, that's, that's, and that, that's, that's simple as that, really. I just think that the rule is not clear enough and it's making refs make bad and good calls and they're not sure. I feel like I don't know. It felt if what from looking at it, I, I guess my my eyes are, are, are kind of biased. But then again, it looks like to me that his hand goes towards the ball. It's not like his body or it's, it's one. It's in an unnatural position already. It's not like he's jumping or anything. Like mm. his hands out and it hits the ball clearly. I'll get my hand in the play camera. Uh, hits the ball clearly and it's it's a collision. Oh, pull it pull it in real time in real perspective. Like you're left back now, ball goes out, bang! Like your hand's just naturally going out because you're facing that way to go and jockey the ball, and the ball literally Pepe it hits his hand all like in a split second. And if that goes against you, I don't think you're going to be happy as an Arsenal fan. Like, do you know when you? And, and the bottom line is you had enough chances to win the game. Forget yeah, the handball. Let's get let's get into the, the chances then because mm. uh, obviously we've got the goal. Aubameyang scores a uh, similar goal to what he scored. I'm, I can't remember who it was against, but a very good. Uh, Skill and then the finish. William got the assist after mentioning that. Um, <laughs> it's two games, I think. So, is what it is. But I saw a stat that said he's got more assists this season than Hamas Rodriguez. That can't be true. Apparently, it is. Apparently, wow. it is. Wow. 
Yeah. I hope I hope that's not true because people are gonna be trying to do agenda against my boy. <laughs> um yeah. I think Saka goes through next. Um pass, I think it was pass from Obamian. He hits Should've it scored. wide. Mm. Should have scored that one. But obviously the uh big the second biggest talking point <laughs> of this game is obviously the uh <laughs> the Granite Jacket oh, moment. Darren is making can me laugh down there, man. <laughs> you want to get on this, Darren? Right. <laughs> You're a premiership footballer, yeah? Bro. You're a premiership footballer, right? And Do you know what the thing is? And in it, thank you. Sorry. He's captain, isn't he? He's yes, captain he is. of his country, yes, isn't he? Oh, of his country, yeah. yeah. On top of that, right? I was on a Zoom call. What I was on a Zoom call and I looked over. I'm I got my iPad in the corner, right? While I'm on the Zoom call. Yeah, sorry to those who I was on the Zoom call with, but it is what it is, isn't it? <laughs> right. I saw I'm looking and I'm thinking, all right, he's gonna boot the ball out, right? Because any sane individual is just gonna boot the ball out. Then all of a sudden I heard wood. <laughs> thinking, what the hell just happened? How did what was Granite Jacker thinking? What is anybody in there right man? No son, not even a Sunday league footballer is gonna pass it across their box like that. That's like the first rule of defending, is it not? With his, with his weak right. foot as well. On, on top of it, I didn't see, I didn't even clock that. On top yeah. of it, it whatever foot it was, right? <laughs> you could stoop down with your head and still know what to do with it. Do you know what I mean? It was absolutely that was disgusting. You know what? I, they should have they should have punched them up in the changing room. That's what they should have done after the game. Just rush, man, or go through the tunnel of death. Did you not do the tunnel of death in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah? the tunnel of death or something yeah. like that. Because that's what you're supposed to get when you make a mistake that bad. It is the prem. This is top level elite football, and this is what you did. Now, bearing in mind, I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm very very happy he did that, and it was comical, and I'm gonna laugh a lot, right? But. You know what? I he should be getting flogged for that. Mikel Arteta should be gripsing him up and like slapping him across the face. That was so dead. Is there any fault to be to be laid at uh, Bernello's uh, no. that feet? No, 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 no. The ball was at Xhaka's feet, right? If right. in doubt, kick it out, right? It's basic. It was just basic, right? You don't pass it across your box like that. Did you, he didn't even look? All you had to look and see is Chris Wood is right there in the middle. Listen, nah, I mean, there's nobody at fault apart from Xhaka. Did, mean, he, get, like, did he get the assist? Relax, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Relax. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I'm, I'm fully laying the blame at Xhaka. But the, 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 uh, the common argument seems to be that Arsenal players' um, particular style of football, we play it from out, we play it out the back without fail, regardless of um, who's close to who and who's pressing who. Is there not per se a no. chance yeah no. exactly i said no if the goalkeeper sees that there is a, a certain amount of danger surrounding a player that everybody knows i imagine everybody in that team knows as well isn't particularly good with his weaker foot or in fact isn't bro. particularly good isn't bro. there a chance or option for him just to hoof it long bro 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 you, when you played that pass here the, the way the, the area that he was aiming the pass in the first place, if he did it first time like it was intended to be, like mm -hmm. it was supposed to be, there's no goal whatsoever. He let Chris Wood cover that and then proceeded to then boot it in the direction of the player. If it was on the ground, the guy has to, he's just tapping off his life. He doesn't have to do anything. He stand there, 
so shameless that he hits his side and he's doing our nice celebration from 2002 World Cup. Listen, listen, listen. Jacker's a disgrace for that whole that whole situation. Leno is not to blame. Arteta's not to blame. Referees are not to blame. Troops <laughs> is not to blame. Not them are to blame. It's Jaka and Jaka alone. Like you said it, captain, international, experience, and you're doing that. Yeah. It's only you. Simple oh, that. You know what makes me laugh, by the way, I just want to drop in, is that we have, on Never a Foul, we have an Arsenal podcast called The Arsenal Way, which obviously daps me and sort out. And this week on that episode, they were like, yeah, first name on the team sheet, form of his life, Granite Xhaka. And then this happened. And I'm literally, I need to get the clip up. I need to get the clip up. But it's sensational. It's sensational. You know what? I was going to say, I've I've been seeing Zaka's name being put alongside, like, the elites in that position this season off of Arsenal fans and only Arsenal fans may I add. But Not me. Go, Never me. No, no, no. But going back to what you were saying about passing out from the back, what I was going to say on that is, I get it that, you know, certain teams, is, is you always pass out from the back. But the amount of times this season I've seen Diaz or Stones in certain situations just boot the ball out. Just, yeah. Just, you know what? The ball has to go I, out. I, I even thought that with you lot yesterday. Yeah. You bang on there, Daps. There's, there's yeah. some, sometimes it's like the one thing that Pep maybe has learned this and maybe started to say to them, do you know what, at times, yeah, just boot it out. Like, go back to old school Premier League defending. Um, <laughs> I like uh, to see Let's it. talk, let's, let's talk like about Arteta, Daps. Um, are you seeing, because it was a decent game. I think it was a decent game for us. We just didn't finish our chances. Are you seeing... A uh, a plan? Can you, as a Manchester City fan, say to Arsenal fans, trust the process? Right. So I can, but at the same time, there's some things that confuse me because I can, as far as I feel he's trying to do what Pep did at City. So City's first season was atrocious. Came in, we were trying to play out from the back with, I think, uh, Sagna, Zabaleta. um, Who else? Who would have been on the left then? Kalishi. Was Clichy still there when Pep arrived? I don't if, know. Not, if not Kolarov, if not Kolarov. Kolarov, Kolarov. Yeah. But ultimately, we had players. Then we had uh, Joe Hart, who City fans, we didn't want to see him go, and we but we didn't question it because we wanted Pep forever. So um, he had to get the right resources in, right? Now, the beauty is that what happened at City is it only took a season because Pep obviously went to the board and said, right, I need one or two left-backs, one or two right-backs. Um, a new goalkeeper, blah, blah, blah. There you go. One summer sorted, right? The difference is Arteta does not have that buying power, right? So what Arteta is having to do is he's having to try and achieve what Pep achieved, getting the right resources to the play the way he wants to. But it's going to take him longer because he's str- straight away, he's had to cut a wage bill of 800,000 a week, right? So that's a, so he's having to, there seems to be a thing. I said this on a pod last night where Arsenal managers do not just have to be managers. They also have to help out the uh, the finance inside with, with getting rid of players and all of that. Pep don't have to do none of that, right? Um, the bit where I'm confused is because, if I'm honest, when we played you first couple of games of the season, you were playing out from the back sensationally. I was really, really impressed. And it seems to have gone backwards. And the resources haven't really changed, but the playing out from the back is not as good as it was at the start of the season. And that's what is slightly confusing me. But I do think he knows what he's doing. It's just going to take him a hell of a lot longer because of the whole resource thing. I think it's... Uh, we'll keep... We'll stick to North London. Tottenham 4, Crystal Palace 1. Goals from Gareth Bale, 
Christian Benteke, Harry Kane got two. Gareth Bale got two as well. Bell's back, Darren. To you, right? Um, we'll see. Right? Whoa! Hear me now. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me now. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. He was. He's been brilliant the last few games. Yesterday was sublime. I, I the passing, the off the ball movement. You know, it was. It was just. He was just controlling things there. Right? Things. I love that. <laughs> he was. He's just like. But obviously, we've got to be thinking about you know the injuries. He's coming back from, you know barely playing at Madrid for the last 18 months or so. He's just coming back into form. I do believe he's, his whole thing is peaking. He's, he wants to peak for the Euros, right? So he's getting to that point. But you know Gareth Bell is quite fragile. So, yes, when we look at his... When we look at his... um, We look at his performances now. Yes, Bell is back. But his body might say something different. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because it's so- brilliant. Can I can I just say one thing? Golf courses open back up on the 29th of March, people. <laughs> I'm saying. Well, Is that it? 29th, well that's it? they might do, but I tell you this much, yeah, he loves Wales, right? And he's gonna mm-hmm. want to be at them Euros. So I kind of figured that he was gonna, you know, his 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 whole training program is gonna be geared towards the latter end of the season in time for the Euros, right? And I said, I did, I did, I don't even know where I said it, if I said it on Twitter or not, but I said, they'd say I was going to be vexed if he's crap all season and he's going to then go in like a bad man at Wells. But now he's doing, he's doing bits. He hasn't got the pace he had before, but he has got a great footballing IQ. Yep. You see, you're tapping your head just as I'm saying it, you know, Tyrone. So yeah, Mm. He's got a great footballing IQ. Um, his pass, his passing and the shooting are sublime, man. He's just got the technique. He's just class, isn't he? Um, and I just loved watching him yesterday. I loved watching him. That is the closest I've seen to sort of vintage Gareth, Gareth Bell before he left Spurs. And it was a, it was it was great to see. And the link up with him, Kane and Son, even he's even making Lucas Moura look good. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, Lucas Moura is good, man. I just gave that little. I just gave that a check as well while you were talking because you said obviously he loves Wales and I just had to go back to that picture where you know the the Welsh flag. And it's had, Wales golf Madrid in that order. Oh yeah, you are right. You are right. You know what? With with Gareth Bale, right? I think Mourinho could, and this is could have played a master trick. So when he was signed. Um, obviously, people know what the Gareth Bale was like when he was at Spurs. Originally left back to a left winger. Sensational. Went to Madrid. Obviously, won everything he can. And people were there saying, like, has he still got the hunger? Has he still got the belief? He wants to go back to Spurs because I think he loves the club. He wants to He wants to help them grow and achieve things. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the season, obviously, it was a rocky road. He had the injury. And then he came back, had another little injury. And it was just like sort of niggle after niggle. And he couldn't really get a rhythm. But for me now, he's been fit for a little while. And I don't think he's hit full pelt until the last couple of games. But what I'm thinking is Mourinho could have been like, right, I know I'm not going to get the best out of Bell straight away. I know he's going to have to come in and sort of get on a muscular program, build his fitness and get everything back to where he wants to be. And I feel like now Mourinho has got himself in a position where he's like, if I can get into the last 12 to 15 games of the season and be within a chance of top four, 
still be in the Europa League. If I can get Bale just for 15 games at his top level, he will make a difference. And I'll spur the three points off top four. They're still in the Europa League. They've got a fresh Bale. They've got Lucas Moura now. And they've got a bit of depth in that attacking area. I think he's got Bale at the right time of where Mourinho would want him. And that is for the last 12, 15 games of the season and causing havoc. It's a very good take. Very good take. Causing havoc. But is that havoc going to end up with Spurs top four and potentially a League Cup? Uh, win his medal. Well, I don't quite answer that. I mean, Euro- okay, he wants to say Europa League as well. We'll add Europa League in as well. <laughs> no, 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 no don't try it, Cahill, man. Stop it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I can't be seat today. <laughs> the thing about, about Spurs is obviously we've seen them go in a good run of form. Obviously, that, the argument was the fans weren't happy with the football at that time, but they were getting the results. And then the football for them wasn't good and they weren't getting the results. Now, they're playing in a lot more of an attacking brand of football. They've got Lucas Moura playing at number 10, which is working quite well. Um, Bill and Kane, obviously, hitting form. Son is trying his best to make sure he's not left out in terms of um, <laughs> adding a goal or assist, so he's going to do something. But that's, that's that's what you need. When you are going to try and you know push to your, the highest level you can, you need more than anything your front three firing. Most teams have a front three in football these days, and they needed, as soon as they signed the bell, that was the talk, Bell, Son and Kane. What's going to happen with that front three? Obviously, Son and Kane, they were doing their thing as a duo, but bell has been unfit, and then when he played, he wasn't showing any sort of form. Now, he's in fantastic form. It looks like he's had, he hasn't really had time to, not time, he hasn't needed time, sorry, to gel with everyone and be like maybe three, four, five games before I can now play with Son and Kane. He's doing it already. He's finding superb passes. He's looking up play. He's he's accelerating past players again, something we haven't seen in a long time. Um, and more than anything, his decision-making is here. Because as these two said before, his IQ is here. You know, so if they are going to push for the top four, because they're not far from it. Look, they've got a game in hand. And if they win that, I believe they are three or two points off the top four already. That's how quickly it can change. Um, Chelsea and Everton are playing each other today, for example. That's a big game for them to watch. If they both drop points and it's a one one is a as a draw, one point mm-hmm. each, they don't go far away. If Chelsea win, they're the more informed side right now, but Everton are starting to get a bit of form themselves. But you never know with Everton. Chelsea would be more dangerous. It's all it's all factors that they have to look at, but they've got big games coming up. They've got North London Derby coming up at the Emirates. So they need to also show up for that before we can talk about them potentially pushing for that top four spot. But they can. And if they get it, I wouldn't be surprised. And they should. They should go for Europa League. It's not about because it's not it's not because they haven't won anything in thirteen years now. It's not about that. Forget about all of that. If you want to make it into the Champions League, you've got two options now. You've got the top four, and you've got the Europa League. If you miss out on one, claim the other. Do your best to try and get into that competition. Yeah. Try yeah. and get to that level. The money of the Champions League will help them in this whole climate of COVID. You need as much money to come in as possible. You're missing out from fan money from the state and from ticket sales. So do something else. Bring in money from Champions uh, for Europa League, get into the Champions League, get that money as well, and invest in the team. That's how they can build. Sorry, did you say invest in the team, Daniel? Well, Lee? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> did, you just, okay. did you just say I mean, that? I know it's not gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen. But, you know, you gotta you gotta got speak it try and speak into existence for you guys. Empire dreams right there. So. What is your take on that, Darren? No, do you actually want do you do you think you go for both Europa League and top four? You want to maintain full confidence in both, yeah? Yeah, do you know what I've said? I've said it on Twitter, right? 
that top four and Europa League is a minimum this season for us. Otherwise, I'll consider the season a failure. Um, we've got a good enough team to achieve both. Um, we've got to have our ambitions high. Uh, we've got a manager who has got who's who's got the pedigree. Now I am losing a my patience was wearing a bit thin with him. Let's be real, yeah, because the the the, la, the the results in in what December January were terrible, and as well as the football. Um, but he seemed to have got it back now. So I've always said I want to give him till the end of the season and see. But I do expect, with the signings we've made, the Don, well, Dombele we signed before, but um, with Gareth Bell and with the front three that we have, and the and I believe, I believed before we had a well balanced team, but defensively is terrible. Toby always has to be, Toby has to be a mainstay, right? That's the only way he gets Davinson Sanchez playing, and even Eric Dyer, um, but Eric Dyer should be dropped forever now. Um, we should just that. stop that now. Huh? I've never got. I've never nah. got sent back. <sighs> Jose, Jose loves him. Jose loves him. But I remember made, Mourinho he's... wanted to bring him in from um, Spurs yeah. at the night, like forty million. Yeah, 16, I was like, yeah. No, nah, man, I would have driven him there. You understand? <laughs> driven him right there. You what you're talking I'm, about? As a DM, I didn't mind him, but as a centre back, no, not yeah. a chance. Oh, I don't rate him as a DM either. Do you know what? He's too. He's too prone to an individual error. Right, way too prone to individual errors. Is we we've been seeing it for years, mm. years upon years. I remember going to watch him. I can't remember what game it was. It was a Champions League game at Wembley, and he was so poor. And he's not really changed. He's never kicked on. Like Davinson mm. Sanchez, my patience was wearing thin with him. But for for the last couple of games, he's actually been okay. Um, but I think that's because he's got the guidance of Toby. I'd prefer mm. Joe Roden to be starting because I do rate him. Um, what what about Tanganga? Because he's been used as a right back, but predominantly we all know that he's a centre back, and I think he's got the build and the athleticism to actually develop into a good centre back. But what, what do you think of that? I I agree with you. I agree with you. But Josie believes he's a he's he's a fullback, and you know what? He does a little job at fullback. Mm. He does a good job. Whatever he, where wherever you put him, he does a job. I'd like to see him more at centre back. However, I think Joe Roden has a higher ceiling. Okay. Um, so I would say Joe Roden and and um would I say Toby at the back, right? We could do that. We need a new well, we need the Ben Ben Davis. I'm not a fan of him. Matt Doherty, I just no. don't uh he's not it at all. I don't get you know what? When we want when Tottenham are talk, when Tottenham fans are talking about we'd rather have Trippier, then we're in the mud in that position. You understand? But if we can actually negate the individual errors now and kick on, I believe it can be done, right? Mm. It's really on the individuals because most of our goals are conceded via individual errors. That's the problem. But um, yeah, I would, I, 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 top four, top four and a trophy, nothing less, nothing less. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to make top four before, um, but now we're so close. I want it now. Do you know what I mean? I want it all. Even like Arsenal under Emery, but it is what it is. We all know what happened uh, in that year. But we move on. Oh, Cahill, you know. <laughs> just saying. Cahill, you know. It's, it's, it's literally in the history books. You can't. I'm, just... Right, I'm just gonna tell you this, lads. Yeah, Tyrone yeah. and Daps. Yeah, Cahill. I met Cahill two years ago, and 
this guy has been on me ever since, right? <laughs> right? This guy just wants to war all the time. He's always up yeah. for violence. It's so what, are, are you two? Are you two both agreeing to go on free and midfield next week after the North London derby together? Yeah, bro, I have to come on here. Yeah, yeah, it's a I'm, must. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know what? I think after today's performance, I feel like Arsenal might be a little bit worried because if I'm honest, I thought the League Cup was ours. I was almost thinking we might not even bother turning up and we've still won it, right? But now I saw Bale yesterday and I'm like, oh, don't do this because Bale playing like that, Mourinho, like you said, Mourinho, remember Ty, earlier, I think it was around uh, early December, I was arguing with everyone on Never a Foul. I think it was 5v1 and... I was saying you can't rule Tottenham out because of their manager. They now, mm. They're not the same Tottenham. They're not the Tottenham that don't win anything because they have a manager that has the pedigree to win things. Yeah. Then Mourinho looked awful for however many games and now all of a sudden he's had Bale turn up and now I'm looking at Mourinho again thinking, hold on a second. Yeah, especially, I'm, I'm, especially I'm, over 90 minutes. Now, I want him to have a bad game against Arsenal because then that will tell me I don't need to worry as much. But if he keeps hitting this form, yeah, it could be a trouble for both of us, I think, Cahill. I think, I think, I think the game against Arsenal, I don't think you need to take that into account because if he plays well against Arsenal, I mean, who hasn't played well against Arsenal? <laughs> it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, to be fair, us, our last, last, when we played you last, we didn't play that well, to be fair. You chose not to play good. That, that's, that's very different than play, not playing uh, good. You chose can, I use that one, can I use that one when we talk about the City United game as well that we chose? There we go. Well, we'll, move, we'll move straight on to, on to that game. Yeah. <laughs> 2 0 to Manchester United, a shock result. Two minutes in, uh, Martial wins a penalty. Bruno Fernandes converts. Fernandes strikes again. And then a very good goal from, from uh, your, your babes there, Luke Shaw. <laughs> what, what happened there? Bad B Thickums, yes. Um, Marco Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? Shaw's Shaw's been good this season. Um I think yeah. I think the criticism of him always has been not contributing enough going forward. You know, I'm not a stats person at all, but the number of assists that he had in the course of his first five years at the club was quite appalling overall, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but in this year, even if his numbers are still not very high, you can see the intent in his play because he's a lot more intentful. We haven't seen that since he had that link up with uh, Memphis Depay on the left just before he got injured. We haven't seen that sort of energy going forward and being assured defensively. And so we haven't seen that in a while. And then he's doing it this season. So it's finally like, okay, good. You know, and we, we the only reason we criticize him more than anything is because it shouldn't have taken Tellers to come in to mm. give competition, in my opinion, before we saw Shaw rise up. I understand injuries can take a time but he's been fit for a while. So I want him to show a little bit of form somewhere. But regardless of that, yesterday, he really stepped up to the occasion. Bear in mind, he was 50-50 to start the game. They weren't sure about starting him. He was struggling clearly within the game with an injury. He wasn't completely there. He was off on the floor. Yes. When he stayed he down. Took, he took a fitness test before the game. and It was apparently yeah. worse than Martial, by the way. When yeah, he, he stepped struggling. down. When he went yeah. down, the commentator said, I don't really know yeah. what he's doing there. He wasn't yeah. meant to be playing. Now, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been struggling. So for him to be struggling like that, to pull, up, pull out a performance like that, it's, it's commendable. It's as simple as that. Um, the way he took the goal, the, what impressed me about it the most is the fact that he took uh, the first touch to really team himself up. That touch, just to really compose himself and then hit it in the far corner. I have to respect that. That's a great finish for someone that doesn't get goals. 
And so you don't expect that in his locker, and that's a very good finish from him. Um, and yeah, I'm happy with the performance overall. If we're going to get into the game, I mean, um, Marshall played very well as well. I've been very, very critical of the boy, very, very, very critical. Um, because everything that he did in the game against City is what I've been asking for all season. That's literally what it is. If you do it, I can, I, I have to shut my mouth and I have to praise you, but he hasn't been doing that. So for him to have performed like that yesterday was very key. It's a very big game to perform in, but it has to become a more consistent thing. Goals will come and go, but if you just show performances that are at least respectable, fans can never get onto your case. He had a great game yesterday. Um, we played all right. I won't say we played fantastically well as a team. We played all right. Um, someone still has to leave the team right now. I think Ty knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, in the midfield area, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to say his name right now. Um, <laughs> but I don't know who you're talking about. There are two players in that midfield. He's meant to be from South. He's meant to be from South America, but I think he's from Hong Kong. It's definitely not Scott in this situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Honestly, I'm I'm quite impressed with this performance, but I need more. I want it to continue now. I want another good performance and another one after that. I don't want to have a good performance and then go back to wherever. But this game alone, fantastic. Happy with the W. Tony Martial. Obviously, he gets the goal. He's on, he's on the pillow back there. So, uh, Martial FC is very much alive, especially when it comes to <laughs> when, he play, when he plays big games. He he, like, he does like playing against uh, I was gonna say Liverpool, but he played against City. He, he loves playing play. City as well. Love he does City. in a big game. So, is it easy to make your case for Martial starting? Um, to be fair, um, I didn't expect him to start at all. When he had a uh, late fitness test, I thought he'll pass it. But I thought, and let's be honest. The form he's put in this season, I didn't expect him to start such a big game. Um, but Oli said in his post-match, uh, pre-match conference that he thought about last season and what happened. And in that first 15, 20 minutes last season, we were brilliant. And we should have been maybe two, three nil up. We had a, a good amount of good chances, like good chances. Um, so for him to be fit enough to start, I was really shocked from going through a fitness test and then being able to start. But what a performance. I'll be honest, yes, I've got the pillow, but I'll, I'm going to be real about it. What I've seen from him this season... I've been disappointed, but I've always backed him. And Quadrino, I've always backed him because I know what he can do. And I'm just waiting for it to come out. And I'm like, can it please come out? Can it please come out? We look at last season, 23 goals. I don't know how many assists, but 23 goals, top scorer um, across the, all the competitions after lockdown. He was brilliant. Um, he was the focal point in the attack, hold up play, link up play. Brilliant on one, two touch movement, strong, can win the ball headers, like head, of, head of, in, the, in the air. And I just think like... When all our front four play well, and this is me, people might disagree. When our front four all play well, he's the best player because he's just the link for everything. I think if everyone's on their top form, he's overall the most complete forward we've got. And yesterday, Diaz Stones, they didn't know where to go in with him, track him. He was running in behind. He was just a complete nightmare. And I, I just, I was so relieved for him to get that performance because I feel like because Cavani wasn't starting and how commentators and everyone goes on about Cavani, this, Cavani, that. Cavani's not scored that many goals, but he works hard and people praise him because he works hard. Martial doesn't work as hard. So that's where he's a bit more scapegoated. And I thought today, would be an easy target. We go and lose 2-0 to City and don't really offer nothing. Who does everyone go to? Martial. But he wins the penalty and then throughout the game, he's playing just so well and growing in confidence. And to see him go off with a smile on his face, I was buzzing. Like, the only thing that he could have done, and I'm going to be, be a critical, is that he should have scored. He had a clear-cut chance and, mm. like, strikers score that. So, for me, like, last season, he bangs that in. But because his performance was more complete away from obviously scoring a goal, 
Um, I'm just delighted for him. I do want to actually shout out Harry Maguire as well. I don't think he's getting Thank enough. Thank you. Thank you. At last, we're going to move on from talking about Marshall. This is. <laughs> uh, this is last, we're going to move on. And give some credit, brother. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, person. Oh, mate, he's getting in his feelings. But um, no, but actually, just quickly before I go on to Maguire, though, I did want to make a point. I was chatting to my friend about this, R. Biz, he does podcasts. And he was saying, if you look at stints of managers in recent years that do well, Marshall's always been on form from. So when Oli came in straight away, he was on form. And then we were banging goals. At the end of the last season, he was playing well. And then we were, and he was scoring goals. Mourinho took him out the side when Alexis Sanchez signed. He had got prayer of the month in September, October and December. And then Sanchez signed, got shunted out of the squad. So when he's actually confident and playing well, Manchester United, and I said this to you, Kojo, if he plays well, Manchester United play well. And, and that's what I have to say for him. But Henry Maguire, um, yeah, I think yesterday there were some crucial interceptions that he made. I think Sorry. the organisation of defence was one of the best I've seen it for United in a long time, especially in a big game. First 20 minutes, we pressed so high. I was I was like, why is Eric Bailly not on the pitch if we're going to do this? Like, But... City weren't making runs in behind. And I think it played into our hands that City kind of got it wrong, not playing Bernardo or Foden. And we got it right, pressing high in the first 20 minutes, getting the early goal. And then after that, I just think we unsettled City and we made them not play their game because they're not used to going behind. So, um, yeah, I thought, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a good performance. Um, City weren't bad, but I just think they had, a lot of half ch- they, they had a lot of half chances, not clear-cut chances. I mean, what went wrong, Dap? So, obviously, everybody going into that game, everybody thought that it was going to be absolute hammering. Apparently, what went wrong is Marshall turned up, apparently. So, <laughs> man, they, of the, they, man of the match, it's the facts. I, but, that's like, I that's like a little rhyme. I might make a track to that. Sorry, I, ca- I came on last night and I agreed that Marshall was good. But, honestly, the fact that you spent, like, 10 minutes talking about Marshall, then, like, giving a, a, the defence a one-minute, like, by the way, the defence was all right, it just, just sums up the yeah, agenda. Everyone says that people have agendas against Marshall. People don't. People have too much of an agenda for Marshall that makes people have an agenda against him. United were really good last night, yesterday. Marshall was really good. Um, I think McTominay was good. I think Rashford looked tired, to be fair. He looked very tired. Um, surprised me because probably Rashford, he wasn't the one with this right? But I think when also when we touch on Luke Shaw, when they scored the second goal, I think I'd looked away for a second or I was doing something. And then I saw the finish. Only today did I see the whole move, right? And the fact that Luke Shaw started that run. Right oh, from Dean Henderson at, throw. The, 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 throw, throw the throw was kind of Schmeichel-like, maybe not quite as far, but the throw was good. But the way the way Shaw picked oh. it up, drove drove at the defence and the way when he played the ball, he carried on his run. And like you said, when the ball was played back to him, the way one touch bang and the finish was like, finish was Aguero-esque. So, yeah, can I ask yeah. you something? I watched the goal back, right? And there's a bit where when Shaw gets the ball in his chest, he... Fernandinho would have stopped it. There you go. I was going to say KDB, I was watching with Sam today and I was like, KDB does not take him down. I said, Fernandinho takes him down there and that's a yellow. And that's, that's the difference. The, when we played Tottenham and Tottenham beat us, both of Tottenham's goals, I said Fernandinho would have stopped them round about the down, mate. Shocked them. And, and when we played Liverpool once, uh, Bernardo Silva tried to do what De Bruyne did, trying to catch up and whatever. Fernandinho ran, overtook um, Bernardo Silva, just pulled the player down and then looked at Bernardo Silva as they walked off and said to him, pull him over. It's the, yeah. the, it's, 
I'm glad you noticed that because no, I've not seen no one pick that up today. Not on Twitter. Nothing. I was thinking if that's Fernandinho, he pulls Shaw down there. Yeah, and and the thing the goat boys said that they thought Rodri maybe wouldn't have started, and that Fernandinho might have started yesterday. But I think Pep got it wrong. I think um, the other thing I said on Friday, but although Cancelo has been really really good this season, I thought maybe with the pace of Man United, maybe Walker. It was a call to have Walker in his pace. Um, but the big one, Ty's already touched on it. Bernardo Silva should have started the game. It's that simple. As I said um, early doors, and when about September, October time, I was in a wild statement season. And I think at one point I said, if, if I don't see either or Bernardo Silva, either or and... Bernardo Silva and Foden starting, then I might start screaming Pep out, right? Because without either of them, we just seem to lack energy. Uh, and when I saw that neither of them were starting yesterday, and I feel for Foden because he hasn't started either of the league games against United this season. He played in the League Cup and was sensational. Yeah. So um, I think Gabriel Jesus got rattled in the two minutes. And then after that, he was piss poor um diaz bad game marshall yeah. marshall pocketed diaz i don't think stones had a bad game i think stones looked positive stones was trying to make things happen uh and then de bruyne was just de bruyne shouldn't have been on the pitch it's that simple do, do you think pep tried forcing him in because bernardo and Fred, let's be honest i think and you lot might agree but since obviously before he came back from injury city were, look, city were looking good with bernardo in there they had, they were yeah, looking yeah. Good. And I was surprised that he just dropped him and Foden and put KDB in. I was thinking, is he forcing it? You know what? It With the whole KDB thing at the moment, I, I kind of feel for Pep slightly, right? For any other manager I would feel for, maybe not for Pep, in fact. Because when you have a player that, like, Kevin De Bruyne has not been in form all season, okay? However, Kevin De Bruyne is still, I think, top of the assist league, right? 19, I think. Well, right. so, so when you've got a player that can, even when he's not in form, do moment, play passes that win you games, it's very difficult to leave him out of the team, right? Because it's like, if I leave him out, that might be that one pass that wins us the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, we look more fluid without Kevin De Bruyne this season. Mm. Um, so with anyone else, I'd get it. The reason why I'm not giving Pep that pass is because Pep is a systems man. Pep is a guy that does not matter about the players. It is about the system. So if it matters about the system and not the player, Kevin De Bruyne should not have started yesterday because his form has been dog shit. And, and the opening 20 minutes, your, I think the opening 20 minutes was your best spell. Yep. How many times did De Bruyne give the ball away? Oh, his passing. I was like... I thought he like had a hangover, honestly. You know what? We needed De Bruyne to have passing like Zaka, yeah? Because then we might have scored. Like if, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you know that you know that assist he got? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, do you know do you know what I would say? Do you know what I'd say, Rap? Is that I've been seeing it on Twitter and then I when when I saw people saying it and I'm like, for real, Kevin De Bruyne is kind of slowing things down a little bit, right? But when you were going through going on that winning streak when he was injured. You got Foden, you got Gundogan, you've got, uh, as you said, Bernardo Silva. They're very much more dynamic than Kevin De Bruyne, and I think you needed that yesterday. 
right, mm. against an equally dynamic Man United side, you know, a team to really go at them. Because I do think Man United, when you if you really go at them, they they are they can be they can be prone to crumble. They can be prone to crumble. However, I think you were just too just a little too um, pedestrian. There, there's yeah. the word. You know there's the word. You know, yeah. the two most dynamic players I think for City yesterday, certainly in the first half, right, was Zinchenko yeah, and very John, good. and John Stones. Both of those two were trying to drive forward with the ball. But, but and the, the other thing that I kind of thought about as well is we've been having a, a chat recently in our um, in the Never a Foul group chat about uh, captains. Now, for me, De- Kevin De Bruyne is not a good captain, right? Um, I don't know if you ever watched De Bruyne, but he strops a lot. You you will and yeah. listen. I still think Kevin De Bruyne is a world class, amazing player. Champions League quarterfinals, anyway. But yeah, he does strop a lot, right? He strops a lot. He moans at people <laughs> and and um. He was stopping yesterday again, and I don't think you can be a captain and strop. That can't be one of your qualities. But no, it is though. It's the era of football now where I think I hate I hate doing I hate doing the blame Ronaldo and Messi thing, but sort of like it's not even their fault, but it kind of falls on them. Messi became captain because Messi's not a leader in terms of you know being a leader on the pitch in terms of winning yeah, yeah, yeah. from previous captains, but because he's clearly the best player in the team by far by miles, he took the leadership. So that's what it became at certain clubs. I mean, like, for example, uh, Van Persie, you wouldn't look at him as a leader. He was an Arsenal yeah. captain at some point, you know. Um, I say Arsenal started that trend, to be honest, because when, when uh, Vieira left, it went straight to Henri, and I don't think Henri was a captain per that's se. That's true. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. So that's what it's become now. That's why uh, when we had an interview with Steve Eyre, he said the, the game is lacking captains, leading, lacking leadership, mm. because... It's all about the ability now. Ability is seen higher than leadership. And people don't understand when you have a captain that can, you know, galvanize yeah. the team. So it's not it's not about them having the higher ability because Ray King was never the best player at Man United. Yeah. Um neither was Vidic, but yeah. they had that thing about them that made the team. Yeah, they had that aura. Yeah. Exactly. Um and Vieira was only second to Thierry Henry, so he wasn't the best player at Arsenal, but he was still he was ridiculous. But he was a leader on top of all the ability, he was a leader. But quickly, just on the brain, I think it's difficult when you've got such a top player in your team and he's been such a he's had such a major contribution to City's success in the past. When he's fit, unfortunately, he walks in. He's like Harry Kane. Harry Kane was injured a lot of the time for Tottenham. They got to the final without him, their form in the league wasn't great. We all knew he wasn't 100% fit for the final. But Pochettino said it when Kane is available, Kane has to start because he has that quality. Um, but not Pep. Pep doesn't usually do that, though. That's the whole thing. That's the thing. But yeah. but with KDB, every time he's come back from injury, unless well, unless it's like a game where they feel like they're going to win, like Arsenal, for example. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Like Arsenal, for example, if they feel like they're going to win it, KDB can start on the bench or he come and start for sixty minutes and then yeah. get off, and run around. Yeah. yeah. For this game, that game would have been perfect for a Phil Folding, you know. Honestly, it would have. He came on, he had a chance straight away, actually, to be exactly. fair. When it comes Young to and hungry and he hates Man United. What more do you want? He put AWB on his bum twice in like 20 minutes. When it comes to um, Man United versus Man City, no matter the form guide, something always, something always gives. Styles make fights. It's just like boxing, man. It really yeah, is. Literally. If, if we played a Man City type of team every week, we would be on. We would get better form. But Kojo, I echo what you said. We could beat City, and then we've got West Ham next week on Sunday. I would I not be surprised that. if we go and draw. I would not. There be you go. 
exactly. So that's what it is um, about Man United and Man City is City have been infinitely better than United in the last decade. But there's been games where you expect City to win, yeah. like the game yeah. where if they won it, they would have won the title. They were 2 0 up and then half nowhere mm. the game changed like that. Um, United doing the double over City last year, no one saw that coming. Mm. We all know City are better than Man United in yeah. terms of an overall team. But in these kind of games, it's different. But that's why I agree with you also that Pep sometimes has to make the choice and say, is this what will benefit my team in this scenario? Because I was praising City for not getting counter-attacked and not getting pressed. But in this game, May and I were able to do that easily. It didn't yeah. make sense. So, you know, it's, there's a lot to learn for them, but they'll probably still win the title anyway, so not really matter how say. Uh, let's get a final question about Manchester City. So, obviously, like you just said, they're, they're key favourites to win the title. But... Is this a game that uh, worries you? It's, 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 it seems like it's a one-off, but one-offs come in the Champions League. They come off in the League Cup finals and stuff like that. So are you worried going into those games <laughs> about City's off days? First chance, first chance. Who, me? Yeah, that's oh. Look, of course I am. I've... I, I, I slightly... I always, you know what? I always get on at Oli about Oli... Um, Oli not getting them getting them over the line, right? Now, will we win the league? I believe we will, will win the league because the league is not one-off individual games where it's a one mistake. I do believe we'll win the league. However, could Pep have... Could Pep get it wrong against Tottenham and Jose get it right and Bale have a good game? Yes, right. Could Pep in... I mean, right, we're going to... Um, Galatasaray, we're through to the next round of the Champions League. Um don't know if Tottenham, Tottenham, they're not, are they? No, okay, cool. Um, sorry, sorry, just mentioned the quarters earlier, so I just Ooh, thought... I'd... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the next round, the Champions League, where it's two games, um, do I worry he'll get it wrong? Hell yeah, because he did it last season against against Lille, uh, Leon. Sorry, He gets it wrong sometimes. He overthinks things. Or sometimes, you know what? Sometimes I think people say he overthinks it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe sometimes actually just like other managers, he gets it wrong. Like yesterday, he got it wrong and Oli got it right. So, um, yeah. Are we going to, to Liverpool? We have hey. a special guest. And hey. Laura, if you are watching, please stay. Um, Daniel, how you doing, bro? I'm good, better. I've slept on our what six home defeat in a row, so yeah, feeling better. I think, I think, I think, yeah, I am, of course, because last night, I don't know if you guys saw, um, what's it called, Megan and Harry had the interview, so that was all over Twitter. So, as if Twitter forgot about Liverpool, I was like, calm, let me forget about Liverpool as well, still. Uh, well, well, at least there's six of us and six losses. It matches. Oh, and six Champions Leagues too. Oh, okay. So we'll get into the game. Obviously, Mario Lamina uh, scores in the 45th minute. Apart from that, nothing really happened. I mean, Trent Alexander Arnold came on. He put a few crosses in. He had a few chances there, but nothing, nothing. I'd say clear cut. Six defeats in a row. I mean, what it's, it seems is are, are you guys the worst defending champions? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point in time, 
at this point in time, you can't you can't not say yes. If if you'd have asked me like three four weeks ago, I would have defended Liverpool. But not even a defending champion, a team in the Premier League cannot lose six home games in a row. Any team from first to twentieth. So if yeah. a team is losing six home games in a row, you're the worst defending champion. I don't need to see no. Uh, no stats. I see what I'm seeing on my TV, and as long as if we've lost to five of the other top six and Leicester, we've lost to Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, and Tot- them man, and them man. Literally, literally, it's 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 a type of teams and types of defeats. Mm. Cahill said nothing really happened. Cahill was being nice. Fulham battered Liverpool in the first half. If, mm. so, if an alien came to, to watch the game, they'd think Fulham are the defending champions and Liverpool <laughs> battling for relegation. No no joke. It, and it's it's beyond ridiculous, man. At this point in time, it's ridiculous. I mean, was it simply a case that you guys didn't take Fulham seriously? Because, I mean, if you look at that lineup, um, I'll just go from your bench. Trent was on the bench. Marnie was on the bench. Robinho was on the bench. Um, Curtis Jones was on the bench. Thiago was on the bench. So it seems like you had a team full of uh, youngsters, especially in the defensive line. But then again, that's no fault of your own because of all the injuries. But Jota and Shakiri on the Jota on the left. Jota's really been playing well uh, when he plays centre mid, and Shakiri as well. That that seemed like you just weren't taking him seriously, and they caught you out. Um, I'll say yes and no. The reason why I say I can't say we weren't taking them seriously is, is because all those players that you mentioned now on the bench were playing when we lost the previous five games. So it's not as if if they played, we would have won. These players have been playing bad. And I feel some of these guys had to be dropped to the bench. Mane has been, for me, on par with Timo Werner and Martial this season, if not worse. He's been poor this season. So he needed to be benched. Fabinho just come back from an injury, so fair enough. Trent, his form has been okay, but he also needs to be shown that you can't be put in subpar performances and still be playing for Liverpool. So when I saw the lineup, I was annoyed, but then I was also thinking like these guys have been crap. So if they played, would the results have been the same? I think so. I don't think we were going to win yesterday and it's sad. I would say, sorry, we have to give credit to Fulham. 100%. 100%. At the end of the day, yeah, mm. he is, you know, they were completely and utterly in the mud, right? Nobody thought they were going to stay up or had a chance of staying up. He signed Lookman, he signed Loftus Cheek, he signed Josh Madger, um, three great, uh, they were academy prospects, right? Three great tech players that tech, he signed, he's got a very technical team, mm. great technical players, right? And they've the dynamism and the cohesion that they have now. Um, maybe a, leave a, a little bit to be desired defensively, but going forward on the counter attack, like Fulham are great, and I think yeah. it's credit to testament to Scott Parker for turning it around, for making those strategic signings to turn that around. So it didn't necessarily surprise me that Fulham beat Liverpool because Liverpool weren't in great form. Um, they very nearly drew with us the game game previously they should have drawn uh, yes they, they should have drawn yeah, yeah we'll brush that one aside yeah, yeah they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't and they beat you right however um they they you know they've been putting in good performances the only problem is is is, is getting getting those wins over the line because they've had about what is it 11 draws or something like that 
um, your season. So it's just getting that over the line. I think the signing of Josh Madger may put a, you know, add a little extra to that. But I have to give, you know, we've got to give him credit for that as well, you know, for that. I, I, I think the most impressive thing as well with Fulham is that when you just mentioned about um, Lukeman and Loftus, spe- uh, specifically, I want to mention them. In a team like Fulham, you've got to know that you're not going to have loads of the ball. However, when they do have the ball, I think they play some good stuff. Like against Spurs, yeah. I thought they, I thought they were really yeah, good in the second half. Um, they handled that second half. They did, and with Lukeman and Loftus, I think something that they have, which not loads of teams have in the Premier League, is ball carriers. Loftus mm. can pick up the ball, Lukeman can pick up the ball, and they can take 20, 30 yards and keep, get you up the pitch. Mm. And I think for a team like Fulham, that is so, so valuable. And I even think the addition, I know you mentioned some good names, but I think even Joachim Anderson from Leon, the centre-back, he was linked to some top club. Mm, yeah. This is the best, yeah. the best signing yeah. out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. well, he, he goes... Go on, Ty, you finish. Yeah, sorry. Joachim Anderson, like you lot just like agreed, is is an, like, a brilliant signing. Coming from Lyon, played in the Champions League, been in the League One, and I know, like, yeah, it's the French League, but he's still playing against elite sportsmen in a top division. And like I said, he was he was playing in Italy before. He was, he was linked to top clubs, and he's come in, and I think he's captain now as well. He's just given them that lift and that experience of know-how to be at sort of a top club. I think it's this sort of... Scott Parker's got it bang on, man, with the signings. And, and people can say you can make too many signings. He's made the right signings, it looks right. right now. Ones. What I was what... Gonna... So, Go the, what I was going to say is the other signing, and I'll be 100, I haven't seen too much of Fulham, so I'll, but I'm, I'm asking you guys, the other signing they made, the other centre-back from City, Tossin? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, he's done well as well. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday, colossal. Um, mm. All for yeah. them, anything that came their way, they dealt with. It's because they're, really cool. they're, they're mobile, though, and as a centre-back partnership, in this Premier League era now, you need to be mobile. And Joachim Anderson and Tossin are like that. And even big up Ola Aina, like, they've got a mobile mm. team. Anthony yeah. Robertson, up and down the flanks. They're, they're fun to watch. It's just whether they can get themselves over the line. But I believe they What did they, they get Robinson from? Sorry Robinson to um, come from Wigan. We're gonna have to because he hand he was going on with things last oh, again. Last phenomenal for Wigan in the championship. They want to, to go to AC Milan in the that guy, yeah, okay. Honestly, he's a really good player, man. Like he just gets up yeah, and down the flanks. Strings, man. Yeah, brilliant. Like it really is. And even 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 Ariola, they've got someone who's experienced from PSG. And that save yesterday from Jota. Yeah. Um, just want to give another shout out to Scotty P. Um, I'm calling Scotty P now. Is because um, yesterday, I've, I mean, we, I think we've all said that Liverpool down the right hand side of the defense is not not good. We criticized Trent. We've gotten to Joe Gomez a lot as well. But it's not just a Trent and Gomez thing. After watching this performance as well, I know they're young defenders. I know they're inexperienced in terms of playing at a higher level. But that right hand side for Liverpool has been a problem for a long time when it comes to defensive um, mistakes. Especially this season against these, I said it time and time again. First game of the season, most of the goals came from that side, bar Van Dyke being sloppy, and then obviously um, Bamford taking opportunity. Um, Aston Villa, a lot of goals came from that side as well. Yesterday, Lookman received the ball so many times because all he had to do was attack that side. If Robertson is there, Robertson's good defensively, so I've got time for him. He's good. If Robertson's on the other side, you don't go for him. You go for the other side. You go for the side where you know there's not going to be cover. That's where Liverpool are missing Henderson in the midfield because Trent, when Trent goes, Henderson covers. Henderson joins the attack when Liverpool are comfortable. When Liverpool know they've got the game and they're sailing, he'll do his thing and he'll add a goal to his game and do his thing. But that right-hand side defensively is just not good enough. Lookman received the ball 
so many times was driving down that side so many times was just attacking and attacking and attacking even when Mitrovic came on Mitrovic uh a pure number nine target man not really the quickest not really that mobile he drifted off to the left as well he was waiting to go to that side and really attack from that side that's something that um Klopp really needs to address now because yeah. he needs to find a solution to that problem because teams are just going to keep targeting that side over and over and over it shouldn't be that easy to target one side throughout a season for one team you have to address that. I understand the injury issues at the back. We get it. But if Daniel can tell us that it's not an excuse, I'm not trying to hear it. For, if he's a Liverpool fan, I don't hear excuses anymore from anyone else. The fact mm-hmm. is, before Trent, after Trent, during Trent, that side has been an issue for a long time. You need to deal with it. You need to figure a way to find it fast. Whether it's we why now them now taking that role because there's the energy, tend to do it. Whether it's Milner, who, by the way, Liverpool just shouldn't be playing anymore, point back period. His time is up. Unfortunately for him, he's done a lot. He's done a lot in his career. He's yep. 35 years old. Might be time yep. to move him on. Yeah, they have to address that. Um, and I will say this as well. Someone needs to start praying for Sadio Mane because I don't know what the hell has happened to this guy. <laughs> I I honestly do not know what's happened to him. It, I don't have the words anymore. Um, mm. The game they lost uh, previously when Salah played the ball over the top and he miskicked it, I, I, I was lost for words. I was genuinely lost for words. I didn't know what was going on with him. Um, and Salah, I know forwards are not defenders, but for him to be sleeping for that goal, which Lamina took beautifully, by the way. Yeah. Early yeah. strike. Don't let, don't let Alisson yeah. settle. Took the ball, bang. That's how you should be scoring goals. He needs to be a lot more alert as well. But I also feel like he's tired because I feel yeah. like he's the one little forward that hasn't been afforded a rest whatsoever this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't. You can't. When you have a striker, a number nine, that's allowed to score six goals in 30-plus games, or because he does a no-look pass, or, <laughs> because you, he, or because he tackles, he gets away with it. So, like, I feel so sorry for Salah because, for, like, if you look at the insult from our fans that Salah gets compared to Firmino, you think that Salah's on Firmino's numbers. And people say, oh, but all he does is score goals. Look, the first 14 games Liverpool played, we conceded 19 goals. In the next 14 games, this run now, you'd, have ex- you'd expect us to concede more goals. We've actually conceded less goals in the first 14 games. We've only scored 11. In that oh, period, wow, wow, compared, wow. compared to 34 in the first 14 games, so I'm sorry, Salah should be exempt from any criticism from any mm. Liverpool fan until he leaves because every season he's been here, he's turned up. Mane hasn't this season, so that's why I think people are cutting him some slack. But Firmino, nah, man, it's it's, it's time he's to done. go, or be, or, it's he's time to over. go or be or be yeah. a yeah. squad player. Thank you, you, man. Thank for me, no. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> For me, uh, no. Nah, uh, he's, he's, he's awful. Not awful, but like... He is awful. I, don't don't down, guys, but I just want to say thank you for getting me on. People, make sure you subscribe to Three in the Midfield. Do you know what? One of the best channels for coming on and actually just talking football without too much banner. Whoa. Still a bit banner, but... <laughs> but Oh, thank you. We will catch up soon, and I'll leave you lot to uh, discuss the rest of Liverpool's uh, beautiful <laughs> drop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Blessings, blessings. Thank you, When do you think this falls on Klopp, by the way? Like, forget all this injury talk. When do you get people actually start needing to look at Klopp? Or do you think they just need to leave it and he'll be back next season once he's got his players like back? Nah, 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 nah. Um, you can't lose six games in a row and be exempt. I'm sorry. You can't. Okay. For me, for me, I, I when did I I think the Chelsea game was when I was like because I was a bit on the edge, but the Chelsea game for me was when I lost it. The reason being is I'm seeing Wenger traits and Klopp, and Cahill will understand what I mean. When you see something is clearly not working, mm. Liverpool wow. need a rebound of the team. Ooh. I'll scream it. Salah needs to go. I don't know about that. The thing is, I don't think score in the league. I don't think I don't think Salah needs to go back. I understand him, but the thing is with Jurgen Klopp. He 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 definitely has to has to take some blame, and I I wouldn't say it's ungrateful because Klopp is not God, he's not Jesus Christ, he's not Muhammad, whatever religion you you believe in, he's not perfect. He's a human being who's allowed to make mistakes. Against Chelsea, we were playing a high line for thirty minutes, and you saw Timo Werner could have had a brace. He had a goal that was offside, and he had the chance when he tried to lob Allison. What does he do? He keeps playing a high line with Kabak and Fabinho on the halfway line. And if you saw Mason Mount's goal, he was running at Fabinho, and then Trent had to come back, and then he didn't cover. For me, that's a mistake. You're playing 4-3-3, the same 4-3-3 that you've been playing throughout. Before, it used to work because you had Henderson and Wijnaldum. Their legs are going to cover Gini, They're going to cover Robbo and Trent Alexander-Arnold. But you can't ask Thiago. You can't ask Curtis Jones. You can't ask these men who are creative players to be doing what Hendo and Gini are doing and I've been seeing the same thing over and over and over again apart from when he tried to go 4-4-2 so for me he has to take some blame people like obviously I'm not crop out definitely not but to say that he's blameless come on now he's not perfect okay good 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 I like it I like this guy man <laughs> oh, no, Dan, listen that is what footy says just like me yeah listen Daniel's not the one I want. I'm saying his name right now on this show too, bro. Every show I'm going on, I'm saying his name. Harold, show yourself. All right, <laughs> there we go. Nah, good, man. Honest, honest. Yeah. Um, Let's get for, I guess, one final question. Kind of on clock. But um, considering that Steven Gerrard has now won the league for, for Rangers, obviously there's going to be a lot of talk about um, his return to Liverpool. It Should Klopp start worrying? Should he start looking behind his back? No. Uh, I don't oh. think he should be looking. I don't think he should start getting worried because Gerard and Klopp's contracts both come to an end in 2024. And when Klopp, when Klopp's con, when he renewed his contract, he got asked about it. So I think Klopp knows that Gerard is being prepped for the job. Me personally, I don't want Gerard unless he just improves, improves, improves then yeah, but for me, just because he's won the league title at Rangers, I'll ask you this. If Steve McLaren went to Rangers and won the league title for Rangers, would his name be being thrown next to Liverpool? No. no. So it shouldn't be the same with Steven Gerrard. It's, it's not the same though, is it? Like, Because yeah, Steve same, McLaren yeah. is Steve McLaren, isn't it? Like Gerard is your legend. Yes. Not, not even, because you know what? You know, you know former players don't always make great, Great um, managers. Let's talk okay. Guarantee, um, guarantee. Okay, it, let's say it was Clarence Sadov because he's he's a former player. If he went to Rangers and won the league, his name would be nowhere near the Liverpool job. And what what Kojo said is right is because he's a legend. And for me, I hate this thing of just because you're a legend, you should get a job. Look at Pirlo at Juve. He's got well, the job, true. and then no one near the. That is the true. League. That is true. But I just, I've just, I don't know. I don't know. I'd maybe 
give it a few. As you said, their contracts run out in 2024. Yeah. Let's just take it from there. I've always thought Steven Gerrard <clears throat> because, like, I'm going to tell you, as a, a, my, my favourite non-Spurs player, one of the favourite ever non-Spurs players is Steven Gerrard. And I just feel like, I always felt like he just knows the game. And he just knows he will take it into management as well. And the way he won the league emphatically in Scotland, it was, you know, so yeah. he did have a stranglehold in it. And he's emphatically won it, you know. He's destroyed. He's, he's blown destroyed so it. Yeah, he's destroyed he has lost the game season. I think, since the 1923 or something. That's crazy. Yeah. What's yeah, that one? Yeah. Also, yeah, the quicker you've won the league, it's, it's from the, the record's amazing. It's like 80 years or something. And bear in mind also, it's not in the SPL, he's doing it in. We have a Euro. Scottish team actually doing well in, in Europe. In Europa. Mm -hmm. but Celtic. Yeah, Scotland are embarrassing. They've actually only conceded two goals at home this season in the league and they could mm -hmm. go unbeaten and they've only got six two games left. Goals. Yeah. Is, I, don't, I don't even say Scotland. I just say Celtic because every time Celtic go into Europe, they are an absolute joke. That's as simple as it gets. The fans can be mad about that statement, but if they look at their history in Europe... And I'm not talking about going back to the years where you can do this. And yeah, Red Star Belgrade won Champions League as well. Where are they now? So, look, Celtic, when they go to Europe in the last 20 years, have just not been good enough. They have one or two shining moments. They beat us, for example. They have one or two good performances against... Um... They took Milan to extra time when Kakao scored that mad goal. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah, so they've got, they've got some good performances in there. But Rangers are out there right now doing their thing, they're performing well, and they're getting further in the competition. That's something to be praised and done for and praised for because the way Celtic are playing football as well is not some sort of fluky sort of pass fire when they're like, oh, wow, Rangers are doing this. How have they got there? They're getting there on merit. They're beating teams on merit. They're actually humbling teams and they're doing their thing. So that's why I can also see the reason why Gerard's being linked. But I think it's too premature still to go into that because Liverpool just came off yeah. a Champions League and then a Premier League next year. So to now just go from that to, okay, I know they're doing badly this year, but to go from Shukop go and Jarrah come in because he won the SPL, yeah, it's got to yeah, take time. Yeah. But wow. if he wins the SPL again and again and again, because Celtic have a lot more money, Celtic can get a lot more manage, uh, managers attracted to the team and players. If they can dominate with that and get past them, because they will lose players, they will lose Morelos, the foe's not going to be there forever, for example. He's, he's old now. He's on loan as well, But, you know, huh? He's on loan as well, isn't he? I think he is on loan, yeah. Oh, no, no, he made it permanent. He made it permanent. Um, uh, yeah. But, again, they will lose players because someone like Morelos will... He's a good player. He'll want to move on from the Scottish League at some point. He's going to play at a higher level of league. But if he loses players and brings in better players, and we always guarantee said he knows the game, if he brings in better players and they win more titles... At some point, I'm going to look at it and say, look, it's SPL. But like I say, quality is quality. And if he's got to get the IQ of the game and he knows how to build a team, mm. wouldn't surprise me to see my Anfield at the end of 2024. Maybe. He's no Frank Lampard. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> his uncle didn't call him to make calls to get a job, did he? No, 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 no. And he got that job really, really shiftily. Though. I don't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but it is what it is. Anyway, uh, we will wrap it up there. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Mr. Darrenty, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, Mr. at Mr. Darrenty, as it says, your friendly neighbourhood football agent. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. That'll be on my Twitter, I think, as well. So, yeah, pretty much there. Daniel, where can they find you? 
They can find me on Twitter, my personal Twitter at Papilo. The O is a 017. And then I'm launching a new podcast, Season's End, called No Agenda Podcast. So just follow that and stay tuned. Ty, where can they find you? Yeah, thank you. Just want to say, first of all, Kojo, okay, Hill, thank you so much for having me on, man. Brilliant chat today. Love the chemistry as well. Wicked. And Darren and Daniel, big up yourselves as well. Um, you can um, find me, Tyrone MC underscore underscore. And then the generic podcast, which we've um, set up, is Never a Foul, which you can see in the name there. And also, if you're a Manchester United fan, um, Kojo will be joining me hopefully next week. Um, if you follow Tunnel Trafford, that's dedicated to Manchester United. And we also have podcasts for um, other platforms. But yeah, make sure you're supporting Free Midfield, liking and subscribing their content. We're all supporting each other, man. Coach, that. where can they find us? Uh, before I say that, um, if anyone missed that, their links to all their Twitters and their YouTubes are in the bio below. So if you missed that, go and find it over there. Uh, and other than that, you can find us obviously right here on YouTube at Freeman Field. If you are listening to audio, it's Spotify, it's SoundCloud, it's Apple Podcasts, Freeman Field. And come and tweet with us, talk with us. I am usually tweeting a lot of crud for every fan. Doesn't matter who you saw. Maybe my own team can get it on Twitter at free midfield come check us out that's number three by the way because some people have told us that they're typing in the word three and i don't know why you do that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why you do that but yeah free midfield come check us out Blimey. uh this has been another episode of the free midfield podcast good night <laughs>